Hello and welcome to another exclusive VJ Himong podcast. We are a global open access multimedia channel that brings you the latest research updates in hematological oncology. In today's podcast, we'll be discussing the latest MPNs updates presented at this year's virtual EHA 2020 Congress, including the latest findings in a manifest clinical trial, data on the use of nevidoclax and ruxolitinib in myelofibrosis patients, and novel therapies in MPNs. Firstly, Surgeon Versovsek of the University of Texas MD Anderson Cancer Center gives us an update on the Phase 2 manifest study which evaluated the addition of CPI-610 to ruxolitinib in advanced myelofibrosis patients. So ruxolitinib, let's utilize ruxolitinib as an introduction to the manifest study to see what this is all about. You have patients with myelofibrosis in need of therapy. The three main problems that lead us to prescribe medications, the leading problems, not only these three, but leading problems are significant anemia, significant enlargement of the spleen that is symptomatic, so symptomatic splenomegaly, and general systemic symptoms, nitrating, low-grade fevers, bone accent pains, itching, weight loss. These are problems. So anemia, bad quality of life, and symptomatic splenomegaly. JAK inhibitors can improve in many patients, in majority of the patients, to a different degree, the spleen and the quality of life. They do not improve the anemia. They may worsen the anemia. And the therapy does not work forever. We said the ruxolitinib does it in a good proportion of the patients, majority for duration of time, and maybe people live longer with it. But what do we do after that? Can you improve the benefit of JAK inhibitor and make people have even better response in the quality of life and spleen? Can you develop a medication that would improve the anemia and maybe combine things together? So many studies are underway that are trying to de develop the drugs or identify the drugs that would be active either after ruxolitinib or on top of ruxolitinib. So this is the, what the manifest study is. Medication called CPI-610. It's a medication that is uh, a pill and uh, it, it is uh, supposed to change the bone marrow environment and expression of different genes in the bone marrow cells to improve the bone marrow. We call this epigenetic modifier. It's not a chemotherapy type of thing that would kill anything, but alter the genetic expression in the bone marrow microenvironment and improve the bone marrow. So it was studied in five different subgroups in the manifest study. After ruxolitinib, that would be one group, and then four different groups where it was combined with ruxolitinib in different clinical say, case scenarios. People on ruxolitinib that have been on ruxolitinib for a long period of time and are anemic, so you need to improve the anemia. Or they were on ruxolitinib for a long period of time and they still have a big spleen and symptoms. Or from the beginning, from the day one, ruxolitinib and the CPI-610 together and see what happens. So this is where the excitement actually is in the latest or the later group that I mentioned Initial results presented six months ago at American Hematology Association meeting in the newly diagnosed patients in the need of therapy where the ruxolitinib and CPI-610 were combined together from the day one showed promising results in improving the spleen and symptoms to the levels of about 80% response rate where we did not see such a thing with ruxolitinib alone. Now, the number of patients was only 15 that were reported. So we are looking forward to see more data later this week uh, from uh, the European Hematology Association meeting and then 
also follow all the other subgroups and see where is the most benefit from CPI in combination or alone uh, in malofibrosis field. Can we develop it together with ruxolitinib or somehow in other way because it appears to be active drug. That is one of the exciting parts at the moment where we have a, a really a, quite a, a, a number of uh, other drugs in development with a very great promise. Next, Claire Harrison of Guys and St. Thomas NHS Foundation Trust discusses the use of Nevidoclax in combination with ruxolitinib in patients with primary or secondary myelofibrosis. The first virtual EHA, I think it is really, really important that we're having this Congress and using all of these exciting virtual um, platforms because it's a way for us to continue to exchange information and um, present data and it will also provide a bit more of a, um, a more permanent footprint for EHA and allows people to dip in and out of the Congress. So probably there'll be more attendees, I suppose. Um, so we're presenting a number of um, abstracts at this meeting. The first one probably for discussion is um, it, second line in myelofibrosis, which as you know, remains an area of unmet need. So we know that ruxolitinib is a very potent therapy for myelofibrosis, has significant benefits for patients, but ultimately many patients will lose their response or um, develop a, a breakthrough issue. So Nevitaclax is of interest in, in these patients because of its effect on their BCL um, pathway and uh, using in cell line data and in primary MPN cells um, does look to be to be able to augment ruxolitinib. Um, An obvious concern however would be uh, thrombocytopenia as a common toxicity of these agents. So um, we are presenting at EHA this year an update of our study which is an ABDI study looking at the combination of Navitaclax with ruxolitinib second line for patients. And the way that the um, Navitaclax was used in our study was um, to titrate up in each individual patient. Um, so this is presented as a poster, so you'll be able to um, take a look at this um, online. Um, essentially, we saw really exciting efficacy for this combination and uh, good tolerability. So we didn't find that thrombocytopenia was a major issue. We saw good, um, nice deep spleen responses in this patient population where the spleen was still persistently present and often at least at baseline, if not bigger, after ruxolitinib. So just adding on to ruxolitinib, not withdrawing, we saw significant spleen and symptom responses, but we also are presenting in this abstract some interesting data with regard to biological responses. In my patients, what we see in for some of them is um, reduction in bone marrow fibrosis, early days, and we need to see something more consistent, but also some nice inflammatory cytokine responses. And other features for me, which are of note and important, would be, for example, normalization of um, serum LDH. So um, I think this is really interesting, and this data is going to be taken forward in an expanded study where we look at the activity of Navitaclax alone. Um, Navitaclax in combination with ruxolitinib 
uh, as a second line agent and there will also be an upfront study of the combination of nivetoclastic with roxolitinib which will be starting later this year hopefully um, if the global health situation improves and I think this data is really really exciting and will help us hopefully to address an area of unmet need for patients. Finally, Abdurrahim Yaakov of the University of Kansas Medical Center outlines novel therapy approaches and pitfalls in the treatment of MPNs. To date, there are two oral JAK inhibitors that are approved uh, for this uh, indication of myelofibrosis. Uh, there are no therapies approved beyond failure of JAK inhibition. And um, even JAK inhibitors are restricted to patients with preserved blood counts and thrombocytopenia. Um, there has been multiple, uh, there has been a lot of progress in clinical trials targeting therapy beyond JAK inhibition, either in a combination as first-line therapy or in combination as an add-on therapy, such as our protocol, and also, uh, a third arm is in patients who have completely progressed beyond JAK inhibition, and JAK inhibitors have failed them, and they will require more novel therapy. Um, there has been progress in all of these agents, on uh, all these directions. So there are multiple clinical trials that are now designed in first-line setting with combination of proxolotinib for all patients, all comers. Um, including um, uh, patients with, uh, including agents with BCL-X inhibition and patients with BET inhibition and other novel therapy and including interferons. Um, Add-on clinical trials have also incorporated um, agents that might have additional benefit without, com without additional toxicities, such as our study, uh, as well as other drugs with other classes, and there has been very promising results uh, presented recently. Beyond JAK inhibition, um, there has been many um, um, uh, uh, brilliant work by uh, many groups uh, of the agents that um, are very promising are LSD1 inhibitors. Uh, study, these uh, have been presented in uh, prior meetings, including EHA this year, uh, as well as in ASCO and ASH of last year, showing promising results with um, patients beyond JAK inhibition uh, with LSD inhibitors. Um, uh, there are also other novel agents, including targeted agents to um, CD123 that have been in, 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 uh, with uh, proof of concept uh, positive data, and we look forward to, to hearing more about these agents. Uh, bone marrow transplantation remains the only curative therapy. Uh, there had been uh, controlled registries for allogenic stem cell transplant, as well a lot of um, um, implementation of this methodology, and now we're also comparing that to standard of care therapy to find out which patients would uh, benefit best with an early approach for allogenic stem cell transplantation. Thank you for listening. If you have found this podcast useful, please leave a review and subscribe on your favorite podcast app, including Apple, Spotify, and Podbean, so we can continue to deliver expert-led content to you. Follow us on Twitter at VJHimong to join in the conversation and visit VJHimong.com for the latest updates in the field, as well as our exclusive EHA 2020 coverage.